Hello, Youngstown, and welcome back to the Youngstown Parent Storytellers Project. I am your host, Tara Walker-Pollock, and today I am joined with Stephanie Gilchrist, and I am so excited to uh, be joining her at the Space for Inspiring Minds Youngstown. Stephanie is the Executive Director of Inspiring Minds Youngstown, and she is also a Youngstown parent raising her son in the Youngstown City Schools District. So this is really a treat for me to sit down with her and talk about um, her experience. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. So just to get started, as I always say in my interviews to everyone who sits down with me, the one question that I ask of everyone is, what is your Youngstown story? And from there, we'll just kind of have a conversation. So Stephanie, if you could just start by sharing what your Youngstown story is. Youngstown is home. Um, Born and raised in um, Warren and Youngstown. Mm -hmm. Um, Born at Trump Memorial, but my days always in Youngstown, Ohio. Okay. Um, my mother had joined a church when she was pregnant with me. Okay. Um, called Mount Calvary mm-hmm. on Oak Hill Avenue. Okay. So when they opened up a school, of course, I was in preschool there. Got it. Elementary, all the way through. Okay. Um, so Youngstown has been home for me. And then my husband and I, my husband moved here from Philadelphia oh. um, at 12. Okay. And so Youngstown's been home for him. So Youngstown is our home base. He cuts hair in the community. Um, and we started um, a business, Ryan's Chair Barbershop and Beauty Salon. Youngstown Over Institution. T- Yes, <laughs> that's what it should have been called, um, and we did that over twenty years ago. Wow! Um, and actually, my husband's been kind of here for probably about thirty something years. So, okay. Um, so over twenty years ago, we started Ryan's Chair, and we actually purchased our building on Glenwood. This year, we celebrated twenty years. Okay. Um, and it's just been amazing because Youngstown has been that place of pain. Mm-hmm. and joy okay. um, and then now contentment Okay. so Youngstown for us my husband of course always loved he did not want to move here but then now as an adult he will not leave here okay that's interesting it's so interesting <laughs> and I'm the one that's like I've been here all my life I want to go okay. can we move can we um, but because of the business and because of the beautiful community that we serve um, and clients, we just we just found ourselves basically, as they say, stuck in Ohio. Okay, yeah. So we, um, Youngstown natives, Southside, I always say I'm, we're 44511 family. We've mm-hmm. always lived on the south side of Youngstown. Okay. We don't know anything else. Okay. <laughs> um, and when we did attempt to move out, um, we ended only back home in his grandmother's house on the south side of Youngstown. Wow, okay. Um, so Great community. My, our oldest son, um, Ryan, is turning 27 hmm. this September and graduated from Cheney. And all he knows is Youngstown okay. City Schools. Okay. And then our 13-year-old Ian, he just turned 13 on the 17th of May. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with him, um, he is—he was diagnosed at the age of three with autism. Mm-hmm. And he has been in Youngstown City Schools since the age of three. Okay. Um, we found a fabulous unit. Um, her name was Lisa Mook at McGuffey. Okay. And she was phenomenal and ran a great unit. And we just never felt the need mm. to move him. Okay. Um, so Youngstown, needless to say, is is all we know. Mm-hmm. Um, it is our home. Never left. 
Mm -hmm. um, just always weather the storms that would come with our economy and whatever else in school districts. We just always decided we would be here supporting our community. Okay, sounds good. And I was really uh, shocked to find out that you actually have a 27-year-old. Like, I think that's amazing. (laughs) A lot of people are shocked when I say that, but it is true. I started young. I started young. (laughs) So if you could... I'm trying to think where to start. There's so many, so many interesting things that I would love to talk about with your life. So one thing is if you could talk a little bit about um, have there been like any strong differences between raising your, your oldest son mm-hmm. in the district versus raising your younger son in the district and then also with him uh, being autistic? Is there anything that you could say to speak to oh that? Oh, my gosh, yes. There's a huge difference. Okay. Um, I actually spoke with Dr. Ben McGee not too long ago Mm -hmm. via phone about something pertaining to the district. Mm -hmm. And what was amazing is on the phone, I told him, thank you, Mm -hmm. because my son was under him for a long time as superintendent. And things were so different then. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just felt like at that time, the, the teachers, the administration... It was just more cohesive, mm-hmm. um, more hands-on Okay. Um, with my son growing up. So, for instance, and you still have great teachers, but when my son went to Sheridan, which no longer exists, mm-hmm. my son went to Sheridan, but his teacher would call us okay. frequently. Okay. Um, <laughs> because he's going through that phase in elementary school. Okay. She's like, this is just not him. Got it. <laughs> um, and to the point where even... You know, from the admin in that building on, it was just mm-hmm. a totally different vibe mm-hmm. um, with the teachers and the parents and the relationship that you had. Mm-hmm. Parent engagement was heavy mm-hmm. at Sheridan. I remember going there for certain things and it would be packed. Right. Um, so I think the dynamics really changed because also our neighborhoods changed. So we went from a lot of homeowners Mm -hmm. to renters who, at that point, I don't know if that may have had that shift with the educational system or not. Hmm. But when I think about it, you had a lot of homeowners, not as much vacancies as you do today. Sure, yeah. Um, And then with my son, Ian, even with him, we went through the shift of going from being led by a board and a superintendent to... Now we're under House Bill 70, and right. we have the CEO. Right. That really was an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Because the teachers, they felt like they couldn't teach like they used to before. Mm-hmm. So those things start falling into place, standards and things of that nature through the state. Right. So it, it's totally, totally different mm-hmm. in how it works, the system. Okay. But the people mm-hmm. have not so much changed. My son goes to Wilson Elementary School. We looked at sending him to the schools that specialize in autism in our community, mm-hmm. but we never felt comfortable enough to do that. Okay. Because the one-on-one, the ratio that he got in Youngstown City Schools, you couldn't beat. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it could be five of them and just two in a room. Got it. And the hands-on and the relationship. So totally different. Mm -hmm. But I think um, when you allow the teachers and the staff to just be who they are and love what they do, then that doesn't change at all. Got it. Got it. So with your younger son being Mm -hmm. autistic, can you speak to 
as a word of encouragement, what your experience was like, or yeah, just what your experience was like uh, making that right choice for your son. Mm -hmm. And because let's be, let's be honest, we know that um, autism and, and different other things that our children deal with, there can be a stigma around Absolutely. it. And uh, a lot of parents are unsure about, you know, how to go forth and making sure that their child is getting the best educational experience possible. Mm -hmm. um, so can you kind of speak to what that experience was like for you and your husband? Oh my gosh, yes. So of course, at 13 years ago, autism, we didn't we didn't know about it. Okay. Just to be real, we just didn't know. I mean, our son that's 27 years old, he's typical. So, you know, outside mm -hmm. of being a lazy teenager that you mm -hmm. have to deal with, mm -hmm. he, he's a typical kid, great kid, wonderful, couldn't ask for a better son. Um, and then when we get in and we just noticed at the age of two that, okay, my son was doing this by this age, something's wrong. Sure. Um, and having to push for a diagnosis. Okay. Um, we finally got the diagnosis that we were looking for through a specialist in Akron, Ohio, or Akron Children's Hospital. And that was at the age of three when he was finally in the preschool okay. of Youngstown City Schools because we knew that something wasn't correct. Okay. Or we kind of knew then that it's autism mm -hmm. for him. Um, and it took actually... My husband, of course, having a barbershop beauty salon, it's a community. Right, um, right. So the community stepped up, and in particular, Reverend Lewis Macklin stepped up and okay. said, listen, mm -hmm. there's this lady, do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Mm. And we follow his instructions, and that's when we got and connected with the lady in Youngstown City Schools and started him in the preschool program. Okay. There they were able to do the unofficial diagnosis, okay. but then refer us to the doctor who would give us the official okay. diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, um, no parent wants to hear that your child is not going to be a typical child. Right. It's just, it's, it was very heartbreaking, very challenging. But what I don't allow is for autism to define my family or define him. Absolutely. So it was just like, so what do we need to do? Mm -hmm. I wish more parents, especially in the black community, um, because I, I always get asked questions about it, mm -hmm. but then I always get asked questions by other family members Okay, because they're like my, my so-and-so, my niece, my daughter, my, I think that their child mm -hmm. is, but they won't accept it. Got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, early intervention is the best way mm -hmm. to, to solve that issue. So, um, stepping him into that again, it was challenging, but I think the intervention and getting the help we needed and putting him in the proper hands was very important and so far I mean he's he's a one everyone who works with him loves him he's a wonderful child yeah but I think that's why that pays a big part of it too right you know? right yeah yeah so thank you for sharing that and so to go a step further uh, something that I shared with uh, someone else in our community that I recently got a chance to interview for the project is as someone who you know not too long ago had a chance to work within a school building in the Youngstown City Schools District and we 
got the CEO and there were a lot of changes being made, one of the difficult choices for me in terms of deciding whether or not I wanted my daughter to start school in the district because she'll be starting kindergarten next year was when the choice was made to implement like the preschool through eighth grade model in the same building. Mm -hmm. So could you talk a little bit about what your experience was when that change was made? You know, has that, how has that, you know, affected your family? Um, I'm going to say that my husband and I are not quiet when it comes to Ian. Okay. Like, we're not that parent. Yeah. Um, so to, they, they heard from us. Okay. To shift someone with autism, to make any adjustments with the kids with autism is huge. Mm-hmm. And so for them to make the change that they did, like he's no longer going to the school he's always known. We're sending him to another school that he's never been to. Yeah. It was, when I say difficult, it was very difficult. Mm -hmm. And when he went to the school, the first day, the principal would not allow the parents to come in the first day. Oh, okay. So, needless to say, you know, they got a mouth mouth (laughs) from all the parents. Yeah, yeah. Because it was just like, wait, this is our child's first day. What do you mean we can't come in the building? Oh, okay. Needless to say, we went in the building. Okay. Um, And that day, the principal at that school at the time... Um, got to know who the Gilchrist family was. I bet. Like, you're not going to do this to our child. I bet. <laughs> so, um, so I think that that was just an adjustment that I still feel, still question uh-huh. as to why did we do this? Mm-hmm. Was it necessary? Mm-hmm. Um, and could we have thought of it a little differently? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that for our community, it's important that when it comes to the education for the kids in this city, that the people involved in the decision-making should be people that are in this city. Right. Whose kids have been through Youngstown City Schools. Sure. You know, I mean, I just have my whole perception right, right. on that. Right, right. Um, because I feel like when you bring people in, sometimes it's good to be, bring people in from the outside because they could see something different. Right. But at the same time, um, it's not always good because our community is true as a true community. Like, we're yeah. close-knit. Yeah. Whether we fall out or not, we can fall yeah. out. Yeah, But coming from the outside, oh, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> we, we, we will hurt your feelings. So I think that it's important that... Um, so making the change, and you have someone new coming in, the, it was just... It was too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people's hands were feeling tied. Right. And and so, you know, and as parents, you always got to fight that battle. Mm-hmm. That's just the bottom line. You just always got to fight. Right. Right. And so... Uh, anything that I say or that guests of the Youngstown Parent Storytellers uh, Project say, you know, it, it is our honest truth and um, our opportunity to tell our story, our perspective. So I am very, very well aware of the very difficult and challenging job that those in charge of our district uh, have. And um, I will not sit here and say like, oh, I could do a better job. (laughs) Absolutely not. But these are the real, the real decisions that our families that we, you know, as Youngstown residents have to consider when it comes time to fight for our children's education. Absolutely. And and then, so being a parent slash um, community um, person who deals with kids from the district right. in the after school sector, right. um, even then I, I saw so much. Yeah. So my perspective as parent and executive director mm-hmm. of a program that impacts our youth, um, 
Yeah, I, I always had a lot to say. I'm not one, and I'm like you. Like, it's not like, oh, I could do better. Da, da, da. No, yeah. no, no. Um, it's always been those conversations of, so how can I help? Because this isn't working. Mm-hmm. Like, I was quick to say, it's not working. So <laughs> what can we do and how right. can we help? Right, right. Uh, and I, I just wish that sometimes people will let other people in the community really help. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. So, and we're getting a new CEO. So, I'm um, mm-hmm. I'm really excited and and hopeful about you know how the co- how the district is going to continue to uh, progress with the work that's already been done over the past couple of years. Me too. Okay. So, if we can now talk a little bit about your uh, professional journey and how you are now you know executive director of an organization that serves you know our young people oh no wow <laughs> never in a million years would I thought in my 40s I would be doing this okay <laughs> you know never always had an attraction for young people and vice versa they were always drawn to me mm-hmm. in some capacity but never thought that I would be actually running an organization that is strictly focused on youth mm-hmm. um, again my husband and I Ryan's chair was our backbone so I was there yeah. for many many years okay and then went to YSU got my degree still was there but then I was like let me go ahead because of insurance purposes self-employment is a whole nother beast okay so it was just like let me go get a job oh, okay so I went out to uh, and started working for Verizon Wireless and gave them seven years until they closed down which was the best I said that all the time God did that just for me just for me because I would have mm. been stuck okay um because the money was good benefits yeah. you know all the perks and yeah. you're like oh I know the same what I supposed to do but ooh I get yeah. a better day because I know <laughs> right. um the beauty of that paycheck right. and the, the perks um, but after seven years and not knowing my next move, mm-hmm. I, w- I remember knowing, they told us like nine months in advance, we're closing the center. Got it. I started job shopping. I went to, I had a young lady that was here that was high in GM, like go to GM stuff. That door shut. Mm. Um, I had someone, uh, then I went to the YBI mm-hmm. and I interviewed with them like that November before okay. we closed. Okay. It was t- November of 2013. I'll never forget. Met with Barb Ewing and Jim Costler. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, I'll be in touch with you. I thought it was good, um, but some things didn't work out. They went a different direction, so I didn't get the job. Okay. We shut down Verizon March of 2014. Mm-hmm. At that point, I said, I'm just going to stay home, collect my money. They gave us a, a nice compensation. Okay. I'm going to stay home, chill out for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and just focus on my son. Okay. Spend that one-on-one quality time with autism. Let's go ahead and work some stuff yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Barbie Union calls me like August of 2014 and says, okay, so I know we didn't hire you the first time. Can you come in and let's do an interview again? I'm sorry. Cause wow. I really, I really liked you and I really want to talk to you cause I need a position filled. Got it. I go in and we do the, I do the interview and I was one of many, I'm sure, um, on a Friday mm-hmm. and needless to say, I started working at the YBI that Monday. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. And I <laughs> went into the YBI and based on my internship, which is important, I appreciate this to young people, internships are important. Yes. Based on t- my experience as intern at YSU and doing economic development things, they brought me in to um, do the Tech Block Building 5, which is the old Vindicator building. Okay. So I came in, and I'm sitting there nervous. I'm like, you're handed. And she's the type of person, like, just gives me all the stacks. I'm like, okay, there you go. Got Ryan, it. If you have questions, ask me. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there like, oh, wait, okay, so I got to deal with a... Uh, Wait, is that $5.7 million, like, project uh-huh. yeah. in my hands? Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, oh, my God. I doubt yeah. it myself. Mm. Um, but then I had to realize that she saw something in me. Mm-hmm. And she pushed me. Mm-hmm. 
And um, to this day, I I just adore and love her to pieces Mm -hmm. because she pushed me to become this fearless woman Mm -hmm. and find my voice and to make some stuff happen. Mm -hmm. So in doing that, um, the project, as you see, successfully done and completed. Yeah. But it was a woo. It was a lot of work. Uh But um, when the heart, all that crazy stuff was done and everything was in place and we were getting ready to go into construction, um, they came to me and said, can you, we have an idea about a program for women. Hmm. We were trying to figure out who could run it, and we can't think of anybody. You just keep coming up like, Stephanie could do it, Stephanie could do it. Yeah. And so they were like, just think about it. We know that you're finally getting into construction, which I was like, okay, finally. (laughs) Um, But they were like, you can do it. And And I stepped in those shoes as a director for the Women in Entrepreneurship Program, and we became my baby. Mm. Um, so many great success stories. So yeah. many women doing great things. Yes, oh, my yes. God. I was, in, I was in heaven. I was doing what I love to do. And then I had the nerve to partner with Inspiring Minds because I wanted to get young girls involved. And everybody kept saying, go to Inspiring Minds and Got work it. with their girls. Okay. I went and did that. Uh-huh. Two camps with them. Okay. And... Um, Needless to say, I fell in love mm-hmm. and was like, this is a dope program. Like, yeah. okay. Then I said, well, what? okay, so I'll just partner with them. Um, so when I was asked at one point to join the board, I did. I was like, sure, of oh, course, okay. I'm game. Let's join the board for Youngstown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, at the time, our interim Lindsay Benton was, um, mm-hmm. Lindsay Renee Benton was mm-hmm. there. So um, we were working it out, getting it together. Um, and then the next thing I know, and she was just the interim at the time. So next thing I know, I'm like, so far permanent, they're like, you. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I love what I do. Uh-huh. And I had some other opportunities on the table. Okay. So I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Um, and here I am today because, um, my love for the organization was just that deep. Yeah. And I said, man, if I could get to young people before they become women, because most of the women I dealt with, we always had to combat stuff that happened. In the past. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and just knock that out now. Mm-hmm. And then when they get to the week program, right. it's easy for yeah, them. Yeah. Um, so that, and that was my journey. And so now I'm here, Executive Director for Inspire Minds of Youngstown. And um, this is so much life for me. It's not work. That's amazing. It's not work. That's amazing. It's my life. Yes. Happy, happy to hear that that's how your story <laughs> went. Now, one other question I have about, you know, the the path of your career, if you could speak to something that I know I still struggle with right now, but making that choice to uh, jump back into your career, um, especially doing something new and that learning curve and, and whatnot, but still being very much present for your family, being very much present for your child. Mm-hmm. Was that something that you had struggled with? Was it a conflict or had you gotten to a point where you kind of hit your stride easily? It No, it's all, <laughs> it is always a battle. Um, and I think that for women in particular, it, it does make me angry because a lot of times men, they get, like my husband could do things and people don't ask him how. But I get the question mm-hmm. of how because I guess I'm a woman, so I should, you think I should be in a certain position mm-hmm. and not be able to do it all. Mm-hmm. I think that when women like yourself um, and my program director, Tanisha Willow, who I watched raise her daughter, great, mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah. Um, I sit there and I say, but this is the beauty of us. 
Because we could go to go sit down, do this, that, that. Okay, so what were you saying about? <laughs> so let me tell you about the A, B, C, D, and we could go right back. So our mm-hmm. minds, I think, our minds works in such a beautiful way that to me, anything a woman touches should be successful and should grow. I mean, we mm. were created to bring forth life. Mm. Yeah. So everything we touch should exemplify why we were created. Right. You know, right. bring that life out. So from your family on, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to balance that with your family. I still struggle with it. Um, but I have learned how to just learn to stop, take a minute, do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. For my family. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, and sometimes it is in the morning, not answering an email until a certain time. Mm-hmm. I make sure my son is on the bus. Mm-hmm. Then I get going. Yeah. Because I need to give him all my attention so he can right. be present. Right, And right. then my husband still is the biggest child in the house. I don't care what <laughs> nobody says. He's the oldest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, thank God, he's a business owner, so he gets it. And so, he stays sure. busy. Sure. But at the same time, it is me just showing up sometimes at the office, answering the phone sometimes. Okay. And just going back to the old Stephanie that okay. he remembers. Okay. And just giving that balance. So, you know, sometimes it's just knowing when to stop you, stop what you're doing, and give a little bit. And it's not taking that much of your time. It's just giving a little bit here and there. Awesome. Yes. Thank you for those <laughs> wise words as we uh, answer the ever everlasting question yes. of balance. Balance. <laughs> balance as a career mom. So last question, I just want to go back to education for mm-hmm. just a moment. So you spoke a lot about you and your husband being very vocal, not being afraid to ask questions and, and be an advocate. And now, you know, you're an advocate for the children that you work with or mm-hmm. work for and serve as well. So can you give a little bit of advice to that parent who knows they need to speak up, knows that something isn't right, but they, for whatever reason, and there's so many reasons why, you know, sometimes we don't speak up. Mm-hmm. Can you give a word of encouragement to that, to that parent that needs to Absolutely. speak up? Um, and I will say this, sometimes speaking up is not always being voiceful and just speaking out loud. Sometimes speaking up is just showing up. Mm-hmm. And just being in the present in the school. Mm-hmm. So the relationship I have with Wilson that I just adore mm-hmm. is that, and and again, every parent doesn't have the flexibility to do this. Right. Yeah. So I I get that, but the beauty of being able to show up to the school and from Allison the see, and that's the other thing. Get personal. Mm-hmm. Know them by mm-hmm. name. Yeah. So from Allison, the secretary at the school, to the peace officers at the school, to mm-hmm. the dean of the... Like, all of them, I walk through the hall and it's like, hey, Miss Gilchrist, hey! Mm-hmm. And I know your first name. Right. Because I show up. Right. And sometimes you can't show up to the parent-teacher conference. Sometimes you cannot show up um, to the to the assemblies. But what you can do is when you can't show up, mm-hmm. when you have that moment off work, oh, I'm off early, they ain't get out of school yet. Yeah. Show up. Yeah. Go pick your kid up from school. Yeah. And just show your faith. I think that is important. That is you speaking up. Mm-hmm. Because if they see you present, right. things change. Right. How they treat your child mm-hmm. changes. Yeah. Because first of all, you never know when I'm pulling up. You yeah, exactly. See, that's the thing. You don't know. Exactly. So the dynamics change and they, they respect your child a lot more and they respect mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And so you start seeing results that you've been looking for. So, yeah. Right. And I think it's also important to mention that with that, this is just who you are as a parent, mm-hmm. even though you 
you've accomplished a lot and you're known in the community, you and your husband, for what you do professionally, it doesn't start there. You know, that's not necessarily why everyone knows your face and knows your name and you know others. Like, this is what was important to you as parents. Absolutely. So I think it's really important to just mention that, you know, regardless regardless of, of what you do or don't do, you're a parent first. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You're Absolutely. a parent first. So you have every right to have that same type of one-on-one relationship with your children's educators and, and those at your children's school. So... Absolutely. Someone said it best that, you know, your um, your children are your best ministry mm-hmm. and your children are the folks that people look at. You may not pass their church, but they will look at your kids. Mm-hmm. And and so when you look at when I look at my kids, when people say your son is wonderful or they love him or, oh, my God, he's so well mannered. Da, 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 and I'm like, thank you. That's the best. Forget yeah. all the accolades and accomplishments right. professionally. Right. When you say that about my kids, right. then I, <laughs> I'm in heaven. Yeah. Because that's what's important to me. Those right. I can't be a, a, a great whatever in the community. My kids is crazy acting yeah. a fool. Yeah, yeah. They ain't perfect now. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> my oldest especially, Jesus. Um, but but he's a good kid. Sure. And so and and he is known as that oh he's such a great kid. Like mm-hmm. he's such a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That mm-hmm. just shows that my work has been I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much Stephanie thank for you. joining me today. Is there anything else that you want to mention before we wrap up this episode? I'm just happy to see you back. Oh, thank you. <laughs> to see you. And I cannot wait to see what's in store for you. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you to Stephanie Gilchrist of Inspiring Minds, Youngstown, and Ryan's Chair for sharing time with the Youngstown Parent Storytellers Project. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned.